Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B L E R D U P. We are on Instagram at B L E R D period U P. And we are on Twitter at B L E R D U. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a share. We'd really appreciate it. We actually got a big endorsement. Uh, that is my mother. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Very cool. She uh she she finally listened to a full show mm. after nearly two years of me doing this. And mm. shout out to my dad who's been listening and sharing uh since the earlier days. But mm. My mom's been a big musical influence. My dad's been more of a movie influence. Mm. So maybe that's why he took to this faster. But she really she really liked the Living Color episode a lot. Mm. She even tried to guess the trivia and got I think she said maybe all but one right. Mm. Actually, speaking of which, you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh. I'm Brendan. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> and I'm joined again, blessed, with Mel and Marquita here. Hi. Hello, hello. What's going on? You began the episode with an existential crisis. I'm not sure if that's a good sign. No, it's cool. <laughs> just you who know, are we? I'm, I'm just excited to be here. here. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice day. It it's is a holiday. Outside, yeah. yeah. Happy Buddha's birthday. Yeah. And tomorrow's a holiday. Woo. It's true. Happy day after Buddha's birthday. <laughs> Buddha's birthday after Eve. I don't know what that would be called. Before we go on, I just wanted to. <laughs> I just want to. I want to ask the listeners: Like, did you all like the trivia questions uh, from the last show? If you do like them, let us know in the comments or in the reviews, and I'll try to develop more when they're appropriate. Okay, that was fun, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, we're also on Blur.com. They have a new Cyblurred Cyberpunk clothing line, mm-hmm. and yours truly provided a voice on that commercial. It was pretty fun. The uh, the designs are actually really dope. Yeah. yeah. Who did them? Do you know? Oh, man. I, I wish I would have asked them to tell me, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'll tag it. Yeah. Okay. I'll have soon. to. I looked at them on the site, but I didn't deep dive to find out any information. So, yeah. yeah. Curious. Yeah. yeah. Afrofuturism is definitely something I want to see more in fashion and in media. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to. I. It was definitely a woman. I, I don't mm-hmm. know her name, but mm-hmm. I'll hopefully tag her later on. Okay. Yeah. I want to check out that merch. Yeah. Anyway. We appreciate everyone taking out their time to listen to us during this difficult time. Mel and I were talking before the show started, but this is kind of hitting closer to home. Few of my cousins have been affected with the virus. Um, and even though we're in a country that's a little more well off right now, mm-hmm. we've, I think today is the first day we've had no domestic cases. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday was our first zero case day. Mm-hmm. I find that really encouraging, yeah. it, and I think that if you're listening and you're somewhere else, you should too. The end is near, but not not that end, not the apocalypse, the end of coronavirus. The end. Is I maybe nigh. should have phrased that a little differently. Sorry, you get what I'm saying though. This will this will pass. Yeah, yeah. And then the homie sent me another message about this is just the first wave, and so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know, there's a first wave for everything and then you get used to it. There was a first wave of the flu, too. And now the flu is not that big of a deal for most of the population. Hopefully we'll go the same way with this coronavirus. But hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, you got to kind of even if this is just the eye of the storm. Well, it's nice to have some breathing room. Right. Yeah. It's nice to go outside. (laughs) See daylight. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm turning into a bat. My God. Yeah. I was having cabin fever this morning. Mm -hmm. Just got to get out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're definitely feeling for everyone back home, though. Definitely. I mean, I don't say that, you know, we're coming to the end of this because I want to minimize what the the really real losses that are happening with Mm. a lot of people. At this point, I think everybody knows someone who's had it or somebody who has unfortunately passed away from it. And we're sorry to hear about that. But if you're still here, hang in there. Yeah. 
Well, moving on. Yeah, on that lovely upper of a note. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what we were supposed to talk about originally today? Clearly not. What were we supposed to talk about originally today? <laughs> Black Widow. Oh, gosh. Black Widow's supposed to come out this week. I forgot oh, what the inside it? of a movie theater looked like. Oh, right. my gosh. Yeah, we still don't know when that's going to come out. Oh, and because gosh. the movies and the shows, which are also delayed, are mm-hmm. connected, will everything get delayed now? Because the Celestials are supposed to come out in November. But mm. even if coronavirus miraculously clears up, mm-hmm. will they just say, oh, well, that's going to get pushed back to next year. I'm going to have Black Widow at that time. Oh, that'll be interesting. Like, would it be, or would they just move Black Widow to November and then move this? I couldn't see them doing that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then move the Celestials to May. I couldn't see them doing that, honestly. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) But speaking of Marvel, Avengers Endgame turned one years old. Yay! I posted a crowd reaction video on Facebook of Cap summoning Thor's hammer, and Mm -hmm. it just made me nostalgic when we were all united around happier times. (laughs) I still want to know whether Cap kept Thor's powers after that fight. He kept the hammer, didn't he? Well, he returned the hammer back to his rightful place. Uh-huh. Remember when he went back yeah, in time? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it says those who wield the hammer have the power, but it's those who are worthy. Mm-hmm. Do they just have the powers after they've touched it? I'm I'm curious about that. Good I'm not question. a big comic book I am, uh, but who, nerd, who so I don't reads know. Thor? Also, I so, wonder yeah. if you can ever become unworthy. Yes, actually, that's happened a couple times. In yeah, the comic. Thor. That's actually Thor one of the un- un- yeah unworthy. That's one mm. of the few Thor comics I actually read. Is mm. where he became well, the original character of Thor was kind of a jerk anyway, so it was bound to happen. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> On to some good news, though. Speaking of delays, The Last of Us Part Two has been given a new release date. Yes, yes. Look at Mel's face. <laughs> I don't. I, mean, I know what The Last of Us is, but yeah. you're, you're really excited. It must be wow. My okay. entire year was surrounded around it. It literally orbited around the release of this game, and when they said that mm-hmm. they were going to delay it indefinitely, mm-hmm. it broke my heart. When was it originally supposed to be released? May 29th. Even before that, oh. it was supposed to release in March. That's oh. true, right? Yeah. They pushed it back, mm-hmm. so now it's going to come out June nineteenth. So just, okay. just just a few weeks. I later. I'm I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Why would a game be pushed back because of coronavirus? You'd think that that'd be something everybody could work on remotely quite happily. That is true, but mm-hmm. I think uh, with just the the way that they the way that they produce the game and the mm-hmm. way that they create the graphics and the imagery, mm-hmm. it requires people to be there in person. Oh, okay. Like a lot of it is like screen capture and okay. things like that, and. They can do a lot of things remotely, but at mm-hmm. the same time, there's a lot that you just have to be there in person for. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. And I think in their original statement when they announced this delay, mm-hmm. they said they wanted everyone to enjoy the game and story at the same time. And not everyone downloads digitally. Yeah. Oh, and right. so mm-hmm. if, if st- short stores are closed right. and That's folks true. are yeah, okay. you that know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Hold, holding their money. Right. Yeah. Although I do have to worry, if from what I understand, The Last of Us is about a zombie plague. Is that the one I'm thinking, not or is am I thinking exactly of something else? Not exactly zombie, but kind yeah. of same idea. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard, I've seen a lot of parallels between it and the girl with all the gifts. No. Yeah. Well, I, that's so what everybody. So that's what everybody who tries to describe. It essentially, to me the show is to. just really mm-hmm. quick. You remember, okay. in nature, there are the the cordyceps that can inhabit an yeah. insect and make yeah. them. That's, Essentially, that's, that's, it, it's yeah. evolved into this. Mm-hmm. A girl has been bitten, but it's more—it's more like a Mega Man 
That's where... exactly the girl with all the gifts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the girl with all the gifts kind of like mm-hmm. has heightened abilities of some sort. Uh, I mean, she's she's yeah, kind true, of true. but okay. she's she's mm-hmm. just immune to the oh, bite. Okay. There's there's nothing special about her. Oh. I mean, mm-hmm. it could evolve in this movie or in, in this game, I don't know, mm-hmm. but essentially right now she's just immune to the Interesting. bite. Interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the storytelling for the first game was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really oh, okay. good. It's really good. You know, if we ever do streaming, I really want to set up a streaming with me and you mm-hmm. when with this game comes out. Mm-hmm. But to mm-hmm. have you play it for the first time would be I really cool. Wouldn't even know how. <laughs> I would love <laughs> to see that. Yeah, just to see Mel. Yeah, because I freaked out like yeah. <laughs> just just to you know cement my my established position as the old person on the team. No hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> the seasoned member. Right. Exactly. Yes. What does this button do, baby? <laughs> Wrench around and do a foamy. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> so Last of Us is June nineteenth. Ghost of Tsushima was originally set for June 26th, but it has been pushed back to July 17th. All this is really great news. Not great for me because I have a Japanese test to study for. It's on July 5th. So hopefully I can be ready for that in time. Mm. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Gambate. Hi. (laughs) Good luck. All right. So let's move on to some Netflix shows. Okay. First up, I want to talk about Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, 2045. So just really quick, I want to ask you all, have you all seen the movie, the original movie? Yes. I okay. only watched some of the original series, not the movie. Okay. I've seen the original movie, some of the original series, some of the the monstrosity that shall not be named that led to somebody getting a Black Widow film, but Ooh. that's it. You watched that? I didn't watch all of it. I watched oh. like 10 minutes of it and because I didn't know what I was watching. I thought it was something else. I acquired it by dark means and I, I watched a bit of it. But by the... It's, if you've seen any of the original properties, it's pretty terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Mm. Yeah. Horrible. Like 10 minutes in, I was like, who, who asked for this? Mm. So for listeners who may not even know what we're talking about, True. <laughs> uh, Ghost in the Shell is a heavily influential sci-fi franchise similar to it's not similar to but it was influenced by Blade Runner mm. in, that, in that kind of vein of cyberpunk futuristic without being necessarily a dystopia mm-hmm. the series centers around an elite group of cybernetically enhanced police officers essentially and they solve crimes essentially the show is pretty much just a police procedural mm-hmm. just set in the future yeah mm-hmm. and it's really great um, it's great action to it it's really a thinking man show mm. there's lots of there's philosophy mm. and politics and all kind of things in there so mm. and the tachkomas are cute they are very cute <laughs> it's actually my favorite anime i know i've talked a lot about one piece i just made a, a great meme, meme about that you can check that out on instagram <sighs> right now but ghost of shells is is right up there for different reasons mm. so mm-hmm. i it, highly yeah. recommend sounds like it's a very different type of property than one piece oh totally so, yeah. yeah i mean i've cried <laughs> countless times in one piece i haven't cried on well I, you know what i i did tear up on ghost in the shell once i've only read the first volume of the one piece manhwa and the fact that you've cried over one piece makes me almost want to read all three hundred thousand more volumes of it i i don't think you can cry from reading it mm-hmm. i think with the show with the with the phenomenal voice acting mm-hmm. and and the music sometimes when mm-hmm. it swells up there, mm-hmm. there are times when i've cried on sad parts but a number of times just on happy times mm-hmm. as well. I know a lot of people prefer manga reading. Mm-hmm. I think that can work for 
a number of properties, mm-hmm. but for shows like One Piece, mm. you know, the choreography isn't as great as Naruto, but I think the storytelling and just and the jokes to the the, the mm. timing mm-hmm. of some of those things are just it's you, it has to be seen. I think interesting. Okay. Okay, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> yes. Okay, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> so, Ghost in the Shell, 2045 is the sequel to the TV series that released in 2002, uh, which is not connected to the original movie. It's like an alternate universe. The first movie and its sequel are more self-contained, and should Blurred Up survive another couple of years, I'd love to do a full retrospective on that show. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. But yeah, the OG show took place in 2030. The second season took place two years after that, and... This show takes place in 2045, as the name suggests. Mm-hmm. And efforts to keep and possibly elevate its standing in the great streaming wars, Netflix is trying to create original anime content like Devilman Crybaby and Castlevania, but it made a deal to publish two seasons of this series. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, the first thing that kind of is interesting to me is that it's 2045. We do realize that's only 25 years in the future. No, right? stop. <laughs> So, like, when they're going for this hyper-futuristic look, I'm like, in 25 years? I mean, we don't even have the flying cars you promised to us 20 years ago. So, come on now. What are we doing? It, it's interesting. It's an it's an interesting idea that people are doing these five minutes in the future kind of concepts, expecting a lot of progress. Didn't mm-hmm. Blade Runner, it yeah. was set in 2019, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Blade Runner was last year. Haven't seen a replicant yet. I mean, I don't know. but know Yeah, exactly. But still, you know. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. Science fiction is maybe the last great bastion of human optimism. <laughs> we really do think we're going to be doing way better than we are in the future. Well, yeah. It's kind of consistent. <laughs> okay. I want to run through just the basic plot of this show. Okay. So this is from Wikipedia. In the year, <clears throat> in the year 2045, <laughs> after an economic disaster known as the simultaneous global default, which destroyed the value of all forms of paper and electronic currency, the big four nations of the world are engaged in a state of never-ending sustainable war to keep the economy going. In this world, Motoko, Bato, and other members of Public Security Section 9 have sold themselves out as mercenaries under the group Ghost, using their cybernetic enhancements and battle experience to earn a living while diffusing hotspots across the globe. However, the emergence of post-humans and a conspiracy uncovered by former Chief Aramaki force them to reunite. Mm. You've seen a bit of this show you said so far, Akita. Yeah, I I only watched uh, maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes. What'd you think? I, I didn't hate it, but it reminded me a lot of that old, Cartoon Network show reboot. <laughs> like as soon as it came on, I was like, "This animation looks oddly familiar," and it, like, not that it's bad, but yeah, it it was kind of weird. Have you seen that anime film Appleseed? No. Appleseed was directed by a co-director of this show, mm-hmm. who is Shinji Aramaki, mm-hmm. and. That was a little weird. I think this does a better job, and I want to get into that a little bit. Well, I'll get to it right now, actually. Yeah. Um, the first thing you notice is the art style, which is called 3D CG. And the OG show did a great job of mixing 2D cells with 3D. So like you, I was kind of taken aback by by this. But I think personally in motion, I think it's it's better than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. It never distracted me, and I think there are subtle ways that the directors, uh, Shinji Armaki and Kenji Kamiyama, who also worked on the original series, 
make use of that style. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the major jumps over a rail and she does like a double spin just to flex, you know. <laughs> um, the way that characters actually breathe and move during dialogue instead of just standing like 2D characters. There are, I think, subtle facial expressions that are just better visualized here. Mm-hmm. I think it does add an extra sense of realism to the world. I, But I can't say I prefer it, though. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they got a gold star for creativity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, are we going to talk about. It definitely the... ain't reboot. Right. <laughs> Although, I mean, reboot was good for what it was. I like yeah, reboot. reboot. I'm not saying <laughs> it's wrong. Stream. I'm saying it's bad, but it was like a 90s. This is like yeah. 90s graphics. Yeah. yeah. Like mm. PlayStation graphics. It this is like a PlayStation shapes. show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like just random triangles. Polygons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are we going to talk about the opening theme song? Because I'll be honest, that was the thing that took me aback the most at yeah. first. I was like, oh, okay. so this is, um, th- wow, okay. So this is taking a much more urban approach than I thought they would. And But I only saw, like I said, five or ten minutes of the actual show, and then I had to do other stuff. So. It's way different from yeah. the original. With, and it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's her name? Uh, or I don't know how to pronounce her name. Origa? Origa? O-R-I-G-A. I'm not sure. She's Russian the, singer. She, she, she passed away. Yeah. The Orga. Yeah. yeah. She, she's Rest the singer who sung the, the... Inner Universe. Inner Universe. That's one of my favorite anime opening songs. I love that. Time. Rise 2 from the second season is awesome too. Yeah. As soon as I saw the opening, I thought like there has to be a different take on this because it feels like a different energy. It really does. Yeah. And it's just also really... Um, well, I just feel like they're trying to... Uh, to grab another demographic. It reminds me of this mm-hmm. meme I saw the other day where it was, um, well, it was a tweet actually. And I don't remember whose tweet it was, but mm-hmm. it said something to the effect of, why does everybody act like anime is some like strange thing off in a fortress that only white people watched? It was on all the hood TV channels all the time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Ghost, this version of Ghost in the Shell has realized that and is trying to pull in an urban, quote unquote, urban and I say that with hard quotation marks and a hard R as well, an urban kind of um, uh, demographic. And I don't know if Are that's you only referring to the theme song? I'm only for, for, to the theme song, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what? Honestly, I don't remember the theme song that well, even though I've, really? I finished this entire series. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that Netflix set it up for me mm-hmm. is they showed the original song once mm-hmm. and then when they start the next episode, mm-hmm. it's just gone. Oh, that's why. So I've only okay. watched it once. And then mm-hmm. what, what I didn't like was just how sexual they made it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, the you mean the graphics? N- or the, the song, the lyrics itself? No, how sexual they, they make, mm-hmm. like, the, the visuals on yeah, the major. Yeah, the graphics. Are, and, of yeah. course, that's been a part in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, they kind of re- like how they showed building of the major. Mm-hmm. But even though I really like... Motoko Kusanagi, and she's probably my, my second favorite female character in fiction next to Samus Aran. Mm-hmm. I hate how she's sexualized. Mm-hmm. I like I hate her wardrobe. I, agree. Yeah. I hate the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I the the second season of Salem Complex did a good job of having her in actual tactical gear. Right. But the first season, most of it, and this show does a better job, but she's yeah. still kind of wearing a leotard yeah, with like yeah. pants on yeah, and a jacket. Yeah. Very <laughs> tight pants. Yeah, I definitely. mean, that's, that's, that's whatever. But yeah. like, because, you know, yeah. m- maybe tight, mm-hmm. tight clothes work with the thermal 
optic gear. I don't know, right, but, but but yeah. just the whole leotard bit. I, it's it's mm-hmm. weird. Like I did we, notice that. Like they've kind of got her whole like sort of semi suggestively naked body kind of floating through space. But I'll be honest, I was just so startled by the sound of that theme song that I was like, "What is this? This is not the Ghost in the Shell I remember." I'm gonna have to go back and listen to yeah. it. Yeah, I was taken aback by both mm-hmm. the visuals and the song. Mm-hmm. I think I like the song, but then like you said, once they started showing the you know, the creation of the major. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. It's like there's so much yeah. happening in the world of Ghost in the Shell. I'm tired of that being a, a focus. Yeah. Like, even though the major is beautiful, like, I have zero interest in her sexually. Like, she's just a badass. Exactly. Like, she has so many other traits. Show her kicking ass. Like, mm-hmm. the original Inner Universe opening shows her having dreams of the past and fighting. It's such, I think it's great. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, let's not play like a large part of the original fan base for this anime wasn't there to see the major sexualized. I mean, I think that that was definitely part of the appeal for a lot of people because I, that was how I first heard of Ghost in the Shell and why I really? took such a long time to watch it. Because all I ever heard was like the pre-neckbeard neckbeards like, hey, you know, her body is this. And I'm like, she's animated. What are you talking about? So I didn't watch it for a long time because I thought it was that kind of anime. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. Whenever I engage with fans of the show... Mm-hmm. That never comes out. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me. Yeah, it was all I heard. Well, once I started, watched the show, I met different people who'd seen it. But before watching the show, that was all I'd really heard about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a part of the 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 story, though. Like, she she is quite sexualized. Yeah, like, you know, we, we can all see it. But at the same time, her attitude is just like, I don't I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm here to do my job. And, and she's she, gay. Yeah, exactly. Like, she ain't checking for you either, boo. I yeah. Mean, come on. Oh, hold on. Slow down. You can be sexu- highly sexualized and gay. That's not, those aren't no, no, exclusive. No, no, no. I'm saying neckbeards <laughs> who are kind of oh, yeah. I understand what slobbing you're saying. over yeah. her. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, you have, you have no chance anyway. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's, let's, keep, let's keep rolling. Yeah, this yeah, this is going down a dark, dark, dark path. <laughs> okay. But you know what? To just really quick piggyback on that, there are shots in the show that mm-hmm. are shown from the... Pers- like There was one scene that showed that the camera kind of lowers to her butt mm-hmm. and on the right side it shows you know a car going by and it's just uh it it does bug me what disappointed me about the show was the overall premise the original show as we talked about was cyberpunk and futuristic and non-dystopian but there's still you know grit and grime mm-hmm. but no more than what we have now there's just more updated technology and changes in social norms like american speaking mandarin and blade runner mm-hmm. Or the decline of the American empire and increased use of robotics and ghosts in the show. Mm-hmm. With this new show, the world is pretty much in a post-apocalyptic state with this sustainable war. And what makes it more disappointing is that some of the main characters enjoy this. And it makes it harder to root for the cops. And then you remember that they are pretty much ex-military special forces rangers that we conscious folks root against in real life. So in the show... They, like, in the first episode, they are fighting against ex-college students who have essentially become freedom fighters against the 1%. And exactly, it's very different from what we're used to. That's problematic. Yes. That's, like, Dark Knight levels of problematic. What What do you mean? Well, the whole Bane thing. I mean... Oh, Rises. Okay. I was like, like, Dark Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... And then Bato was saying something like, "Well, if they want to die this bad, let's just help them out. I'm I'm having a good time." And I'm like, "Wow." 
That's interesting. And yeah. this is written by a Japanese team, I'm assuming, an all-Japanese team. I'm assuming so. Interesting. And was it you and I that did Bad Boys? Yeah. I had to mention on the show, on that review, but I think it's weird to watch black cops comedically encroach on people's rights the way the way like Mike barged into that white man's house. Mm. Like we kind of laughed at it in the mid 90s. But now, given what's going on in the world and in our country, we're like, wow, this actually ain't cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we used to love Ghost and Shell. But now watching them do this, Mm -hmm. especially when we're possibly on the brink of something crazy with this whole coronavirus thing and watching these mercenaries just enjoy war games. Mm hmm. It yeah, really it seems a little tone it, deaf. It, yeah, it turned me off. Hmm. You had been mentioning something on social media about there's a, a black character in there now, and I didn't yes. watch mm. the show long enough to really see him. But I'm gonna get to yeah. him right now. Okay. Actually, mm-hmm. there's a new black character called Standard, who wants to be known as Stan. <laughs> so of course, thank you. First, what kind of name is Standard? <laughs> I remember that moment as wow, I was watching okay. it, and I was like, "What? Yes." What? So one what is his last name Jenkins. What the, that sounds like something <laughs> from *In Living Color*. <laughs> Standard Jenkins, the only black Stan, anime character. First name Standard. Wow. Last name Negro. Oh, just <laughs> <laughs> no token. There we go. Standard yeah, token. Yeah, anyway, no so yeah, two for such an elite group. I mean, literally, Section Nine is the best of the best of the best. You would think they would hire someone who would also be elite, but unfortunately, Stan was anything but that. And the OG group roast him as soon as he's introduced going so far as to nickname him Clown for the rest of the short time he's in the show. And it'd be one thing if he were funny, but he isn't at all. He's just not as good as them, and he does nothing special. Does he tap dance? Huh? Sorry, does he tap dance? <laughs> <laughs> Do a little jig? Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, luckily he didn't like start rapping or something or pull out his chain in the middle of the mission or something, but man, it was like he does nothing special, and on his exit, the major hacks his brain and replaces his memories so that he doesn't even know what mission he was on, and just, and just jumps away. Like, it's... What is he even doing there, then? Exactly. It was such a waste. Right. And are there mm-hmm. any other non-Japanese? Because, I mean, everybody else in the show is meant to be Japanese, I assume. Were there any other non-Japanese people, or was it just the one kind of buffoony sound? Well, not buffoony, but useless-sounding black guy. I haven't seen it, so I don't really know, but... I mean, he almost messes up their mission. I mean, he's he's just not good. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. like, why why was he even there? I mean, at the very least, he's designed well. And mm-hmm. there, there's no bulging eyes and big red lips like we've seen in other anime. So he's not Mr. Popo. He's, not he's Mr. Popo. the son of Mr. Popo. But even the Tachkomas made fun of him. Like, Oh, yeah. wow. Everyone <laughs> was clowning this dude. Wow. Like, the Tachkomas are supposed to be nice, but even they were making fun <laughs> wow. of him. Like, <laughs> it was a waste. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but that doesn't sound good. I was upset. I don't like the direction they went with Togusa. If you all remember, Togusa is the one who has the least amount of cybernetic enhancements. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it made him kind of the grounded character in the show. Mm-hmm. He had a family, and mm-hmm. sometimes he's worried about doing stuff because it'll, you know, he's like, I don't, I have folks to go home to. Mm-hmm. I really liked that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning of the show, it's revealed that he's divorced. Mm-hmm. with, And it's apparently because he chose his job over the family, which, again, it's like, where did this come from? There's so many weird character changes that mm-hmm. I really just did not like. So they made him the reboot of RoboCop? Did you see the reboot film of RoboCop? No. Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Interesting. He's, you know, like he just wants to go home to his family and his wife isn't having it. No, I think, I, I forgot what the reason was. But he just, he just, I chose the job. <laughs> huh? Why? And, and, that sounds, two, and it and sounds like an awful job. And he has two kids. I mean, it's, it was, it, 
it definitely rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know how everyone else feels about that uh, out there, huh. listeners, but I didn't like it. Yeah, let us know. That sounds interesting. I'll watch this, but I'm just, it sounds like they've made some strange choices. I do want to get to some things that I, I liked, but my mm. last issue, the previous seasons wrapped up nicely within their season, mm. but there's, there's a cliffhanger in this show, which felt off to me. Um, I missed the closure with the Laughing Man and Kuze. This season is 12 episodes, Mm -hmm. but it really feels like it's, even within this short season, it feels like two shows merged together, and they're they're even a standalone episode or two. The original show has standalones that added to the world building, but the whole season was 26 episodes, so there was just more to do. There was more story to explore. So this show really feels like one season cut in half, and the second season will come out maybe next year or something mm-hmm. which feels like a waste I really wish they would have just put it all out mm-hmm. so I can just know yeah, the full story <laughs> yeah ex- no, totally yeah. you're totally right mm-hmm. yeah but this show was made with binging in mind um, episodes start almost exactly where the previous ones ended hmm. but yeah in hindsight I would have just rather waited for the whole thing to come out but things that I did like they did introduce some new technology mm-hmm. there are these like boxes that people just put in their house or just around but they're actually guard dogs Mm -hmm. so once they detect something they they like morph into Hmm. like dog like machine dogs that Mm -hmm. like protect you that was really cool the whole idea of post-humans it's people who um it's like a virus actually Mm -hmm. and it alters the the cyber brain and kind of compels you to be just a different person Mm -hmm. and so that's going to get explored you know the the show has always dealt with what makes us human Mm -hmm. you have humans that are constantly getting enhancements becoming more machine and trying to hold on to their humanity and then you have these tachikomas who are giving getting ai and developing ghosts or, or a sense of humanity etc and now we have a new thing about with these post-humans mm-hmm. so that hasn't really been explored fully yet but i'm i am i am interested to see how that how that plays out mm-hmm. that's different from what we've seen before yeah no kidding yeah hmm. you guys have anything else to say because i'm i'm out I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. Yeah. it sounds interesting, but it sounds like they've made some strange choices. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys should go back and just finish the original show and then watch this to get a better mm-hmm. kind of feel about why mm-hmm. these changes are so drastic. Hmm. Uh, listeners out there, what do you all think of this season and Ghost in the Shell? Tell us in the comments. Before mm-hmm. we take a break, I do want to talk about one more Netflix show, mm-hmm. and that is Midnight Gospel. Now, this is from the creator of Adventure Time, Pendleton Ward, and has mm-hmm. been described as Rick and Morty meets Joe Rogan experience. That sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds it that awesome. <laughs> I want to watch it, it even more now. <laughs> I mean, I love Rick and Morty, but the Joe Rogan... There's a comedian named Duncan Trussell who does this <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. And Netflix agreed to pair his sessions with these insane mind-bending visuals that usually have nothing to do with what's being discussed. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> because I was watching the preview and had no idea what that was going to be, which is why I haven't watched it. I'm just, I'm all for new things, but this was just like, I, it was, it's like Adventure Time. If Adventure Time didn't pretend that the show was not really made for people to get high to, they're just like, get, get high, then watch us. Yes. That's what this, this, yeah, this that's particular what preview is like. Much yeah. We find weed or something. Yeah, it's very like, 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 wow. We can't. Yeah, yeah we, we, we do not. We will not. Yes. We are, we are. Faithful adherence to our visas. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving on. So wait, this is really just like a podcast with trippy visuals? Yeah. And 
the podcaster plays a character in the show. He's essentially a guy who serves different realities of Earth, travels to them, mm-hmm. and then interviews people within that crazy universe, and then comes back to his home planet and uploads that session for a universe, like for the universe's enjoyment, entertainment. Oh. So he can pretty much plug into any universe he wants. That's kind of like the whole Rick and Morty aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. I, I love how Netflix has become an outfit for, uh, I'm sorry, an outlet for really, really, really creative things. This is, this is such a crazy concept. It's either mm. going to really work or not work at all. Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to that. It's yeah. interesting. So the first episode was with a doctor talking about the pros and cons of various drugs and the effects and goals of meditation, different degrees of meditation. However, the backdrop of it is a version of Earth during a zombie apocalypse, and the doctor is represented by the president. And it goes from talking in the White House to the president sniping zombies on the roof of the White House, um, the White House being eaten whole by a giant zombie, to helping a woman give birth in an abandoned kiddie pool. Uh, It ends with a cure being shot at people with a harpoon gun. But because they're in the middle of other zombies, they get eaten again. Uh, the entire time, the two speakers are so casual about everything and is completely divorced from the visuals. So even as they're getting eaten, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I believe that, you know, opioids are blah, 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 blah. And it's just like it's so surreal to look at. It's, it is weird. But I but I, I do want to finish it. I do want to keep watching it. I have seen nothing but good comments about this show. I can't. So... I'm, I'm not going to rave about it, but it's definitely interesting. Mm. I kept waiting for your synopsis to start making sense, and it never quite did. <laughs> exactly. It, it sounded like, you know how like sometimes somebody wakes you up, but like, nothing makes sense at all for like 20 minutes? People are just talking to you, and it sounds like Martian? That was what that synopsis sounded like. It's, yes. I felt like I just woke up from a nap. It's weird, man. <laughs> wow. But you should check it out. The first episode is interesting, and then I heard that episode six is where it really hits, but there's only eight episodes, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna watch that when I go home. Hmm. Wow! Yeah, check I'll it give out. It a folks. Shot. Well, know hey, what you all think about that? Well, you know, if nothing else, we've got plenty of art to consume over this quarantine period. Yeah. Like us at uh, Blurred Up, you can find on Facebook at B L E R D U P. We are also on Instagram at B L E R D P R U P, and on, we are on Twitter at B L E R D U. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about that new. Show that all the black folks are talking about. Hashtag black AF. I can't even be mad. That was smooth. Good Mm -hmm. job. Are you enjoying this show so far? You know, I've had a few folks come up to me and they ask, Oh, Brendan, how can I get into podcasting? I hear your podcast and it makes me want to try it too. I'm glad you asked. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other streaming services. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R period F-M to get started. And we're back. So in this segment, we're going to talk about hashtag Black AF. And this is created by, what's that man's name? Kenya, Kenya Barris. Yeah. The writer of Blackish. Grownish and mixedish, And lots of ishes. I'm glad oh, yeah. he didn't call this one Black AF-ish. 
it's, it's a very definitive title. Mm-hmm. We are Black AF. Yeah, exactly. It's Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is kind of a reality show, but not. It's a drama, but it's set. It's apparently his daughter is trying to film a project for film to get into film school. Is mm-hmm. that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, to get into NYU group film school. Yeah. And she's pretty much just showing the world how her family operates. Mm-hmm. And comedy, quote unquote, <laughs> ensues. <laughs> It's so hilarious. I don't know. I spent so much time watching Ghost in the Show and bits of Midnight Gospel that I haven't had a lot of time to, to watch the show. I watched maybe two episodes. Mm-hmm. I heard about this show through some negative articles saying that, you know, the show says it's Black AF, but it's not. And there were talks about colorism and all kind of things. And I'm sure Mel's going to talk a lot about this later maybe. on. <laughs> yeah. Just about the whole issue of some black audiences are going to be angry that they're not represented in every form of black media. Mm, yeah. And I think a lot of people were upset that this is a rich family and a mm-hmm. light skin, there's a, light, a lot of light skinned people. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate when we have such little representation that we can't allow for different forms of blackness to be shown yeah i think it's partially that but let's talk more about the premise of the show and whether or not it's funny before we get into that because did you think it was funny no did you think it was funny not really no i it grew on me and as soon as it grew on me it started boring me Mm. oh wow. yeah exactly so like it was kind of one of those things where i was watching it watching it waiting for it to get funny then it got kind of funny and then immediately after that, some there's like this huge location change within the plot. And I got bored and started doing other stuff while it was playing in the background and kind of just checking in every now and then. Oh, it's still on. So the last two episodes are kind of a blur. I remember the general premise, but I couldn't tell you a single joke from the whole show except for Tyler Perry has a very funny cameo. Hmm. Um kind of midway through the series. There's only and he eight stars episodes. himself, right? Yeah, he's himself. That's something that's confusing about the show is that some, because it's sort of a, like you said, a quote unquote reality show, it's a faux documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it a different way. That wouldn't have worked. Um, <laughs> it's a false, it's like a fake documentary kind of thing. Some famous black people are playing themselves and some famous black people are playing characters. And that can get really difficult to sort out at times. Like, really? What, who, like what who are who, you? Who plays a character? I, again, it's all a blur because it wasn't really all that funny. But there were a couple of moments where I'm like, so are you you or are you playing somebody else? Mm. Like, what's going on here? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I can think of is, oh, gosh, I don't even know her name. She plays one of the aunts, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure. She's she and another famous actress. She's 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 the one who looks like Jackie Harry, but isn't Jackie Harry. What's her name? There's the two women, and I honestly still I'm not convinced that it's actually two of them. It's just, or if it's just one lady who like does a quick wig change, but <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember. But they look just alike. But it's the one who's not Jackie Harry. Uh, she's in it, and she plays somebody's aunt. But because she's in an episode where there are other other famous people playing themselves, I'm like, oh, it's her. And then I realize, oh, it's not her. It's a character. It's confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe this show. I, I think the overall idea is interesting to just have a bunch of bougie black folks who just came mm-hmm. across money and are trying to figure out mm-hmm. their place that could be yeah. really funny yeah and whether they're light-skinned or not i mean whatever like mm-hmm. is it funny is you know mm-hmm. i think that's really cool mm-hmm. but the execution was lacking now you know, 
I will say this. I didn't think it was funny or even all that compelling, but I can see where he's coming from. And I give him all the props for actually trying to put forth something authentic for the inside from the inside of his own head. Like it's different than just about anything else out there. Yes. It's not necessarily for me. It's not yes. necessarily for us, but it's for somebody. I mean, he made it and he put it out there. It does speak to some people, but just not me. And I can I can see where it would really resonate with some with certain folks. Totally. I will say the reason it the main reason it wasn't funny for me or even necessarily all that relatable is because they seem really obsessed with white people. Yeah. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm I I my black experience is not centered around white people. Yeah. I am my own normal. But every every episode they talk about the white gaze. Right. He starts the show by saying I hate white people. Ah, really? Come on now. It seems really reactionary in a lot of ways and it mm. seems like I feel like it's titled Black AF, so black people expect it to say something about the culture as a whole. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the show really is about him and his whole struggle to kind of mitigate and deal with his own blackness in a very white-centered world. Mm. But I feel like it's a personal struggle. It should have been called Kenya AF, not Black AF, because it really is all about the inside of his own head. Mm. Which, again, I respect, but I'm not rich, (laughs) so I don't resonate with it at all. Yeah. I don't have a light-skinned husband and a lot of racially ambiguous children who mm-hmm. don't understand where they belong in the world. I, it's not my life. So, And I, they didn't present it in a way that made it feel relatable. Mm. Totally. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, they tried. They really did. Or there was there were, there were kernels of like, let's mm-hmm. try to make this relatable to the everyman. But mm-hmm. I just think, as you said, the execution just wasn't there for me. Yeah. Now... Also, I think a lot of it depends on if you already like blackish and grownish and mixedish. Blackish, I'll watch clips from it. I've never really gotten into it enough to want to watch the whole show. I don't know how you guys feel. Same. same. Yeah. Grownish is a lot more compelling, but it's also a lot harder to get here to watch. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really seen as much of it as I want to. And also, it's just the demographics really young. It's like a new school, a different world, which mm-hmm. is fine. But, you know, I kind of feel sort of been there, done that. I want to watch different things now um and mixed dish i haven't seen a single episode or a single clip not necessarily because i'm not interested but because i didn't i felt so lukewarm about blackish and grownish that i just kind of didn't want to seek it out because again those shows are actually quite hard to watch here they're not like on netflix or anything and mm. so you know, have to kind of get a hulu and a vpn and a you know jump yeah. through six hopes and give gilgamesh himself a the sort of destiny just to see the show and I don't want to do all that. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, so be- I think if you're into those other shows, this might seem better because you're already a fan of Kenya Barris, but mm-hmm. not being a fan of his, I don't care enough about him to be interested in the show. And that was also part of the problem because it is really just about him and his mm-hmm. life and the inside of his head and his own, his own navigation of his blackness. But I don't care enough about him to want to be into any of that really. I think you hit it on the head mm-hmm. when you expect black af you're mm-hmm. expecting a big statement on the culture mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to a reaction to white people yeah because even one man's personal reaction to white people and even yeah. the episodes they're mm-hmm. all titled they're all about slavery yeah exactly yeah. which is again a reaction to mm-hmm. yeah, to white yeah people. and i don't know i mean i'm kind of tired of these narratives <laughs> where people are describing their blackness in terms of whiteness because that is not accurate for most people mm-hmm. for me at least and i keep saying for me because i realize that i might be kenya embarrassing this myself but um for me at least my blackness is not at all about whiteness it doesn't it doesn't exist in the presence or absence of anything else it just mm-hmm. is what it is am i am my own normal and you are your own normal and that's cool i don't now i understand that socially and politically 
we have to think about these things in different levels and different nuances. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, if I'm looking at my own personal experience, I'm black because I'm black, not because white people made me black. (laughs) Even though historically there's a different reality that goes to that, that, you know, looks at that politically and socially. But also another question I guess I have is um, what do you guys think about all this? Because a lot of people are burning down the internet because Rashida Jones, Quincy Jones's daughter, mm-hmm. is plays the wife of Kenya Barris. Now, Kenya Barris in real life is married to a very light-skinned, white-passing looking woman mm-hmm. who who is very black in her identity from what I hear and understand. So Rashida Jones, who is the daughter of Quincy Jones, who's arguably one of the most famous black musicians on earth, or black producers at least, mm-hmm. um, but is has a white mother and is very, very racially ambiguous to the point where it is a little startling sometimes to see her in some of the scenes doing very, for lack of a different term, very black things, but she doesn't look black at all if you're just looking at her. And I have never seen her in anything else. So I, this is the only thing I've ever seen her in. So I don't really know how she presents in other things. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's just weird to see Ann Perkins like taking Molly and yelling fuck everywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, who's Ann Perkins? See, that's what I mean. I've never seen her in anything else. So when yeah. I saw all this criticism, how dare she play a black woman? And I'm like, but she is a black woman. And she doesn't look it, but culturally she's black. So I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's that's something that like I, because a lot of people argue online all the time about Mm -hmm. people who are mixed or biracial or Mm -hmm. whatever and they say you know oh well there there are lots of people who make jokes just out of nowhere oh i don't care about the feelings of you know mixed people or oh you're biracial and so what or something Mm -hmm. like that like there's always some meme or something and i'm just like but i i get it you know their struggle is not the same as someone who has darker skin Mm -hmm. i get it but like why do people have so much like animosity. I mean, at the end that. of the day, we all black, and I don't think we get anywhere by legislating other people's experience of blackness right. at all. Right. right. So I don't necessarily like when people try to gatekeep blackness. I understand why it happens, and let's be real, you and I we're both dark skinned women. Yeah. Right. So if anybody should be like As soon as they look stumping, at us, they exactly. think we're black. Exactly. Period. Nobody's ever mistaken me for anything else, right? I mm-hmm. mean not with this hair, shoot. <laughs> can I can I comment? I yeah. feel like every time you come mm-hmm. in here, it feels like you're morphing into like the cool Afrocentric statues like my aunt had in her in, in, in her house. <laughs> to be fair, this is what I looked like before I came to Korea. It's because I don't have to go into the office anymore. I can look how I want. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. so I, this is what this is very it's much like, my she's style. Like yeah. Just transforming into like a, a goddess every 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 week. <laughs> yeah, this was my pre-Korea look. But you know, you go to the office, and I don't want people putting their hands in my hair. Sure. So I was looking really different. But now mm-hmm. I'm just like, yes, gotcha. can take cloth and afros. Anyway, big earrings, door knockers all day. Okay. <laughs> but. As I was saying, thank you. Uh, so yeah, we're both dark-skinned women. Mm-hmm. We have, a whole, especially living here in Korea, where where the entire idea of femininity in Korea is based around light skin. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know, we, so I think if anybody should be dying on the hill of the light skins versus dark skins, it should be us. But I think it's interesting that neither of us are that pressed about it. If you're yeah. black, you're black. I can't tell you what it's like to be a light skinned black person. I don't expect a light skinned person to tell me what it's like to be a dark skinned black person. Mm. So um, why are we fighting amongst ourselves? Right. I don't understand that. That's just it just seems really it seems to go back to the days of house slaves and field slaves. And it's like, why are we still doing that? Right. Yeah. But 
that doesn't answer my original question. Who's Ann Perkins? I seriously don't know. She's from uh, Parks and Recreation. Okay, is she playing? Is she a, Rashida Jones? Playing okay, her, is yeah. she a, was she playing? Like I don't know how to say this nicely. In, is she playing a white woman? No, in the show <laughs> okay. actually, uh, Leslie Nope, who's the main character, mm-hmm. uh, she she kind of referred to this multiple times in the show. Mm-hmm. She's like Ann Perkins, you beautiful ethnically ambiguous oh, person, geez. or something like that. Okay, so yeah, it's never really revealed in the show what mm-hmm. exactly she is. Yeah, but, yeah. For me, I guess because like I said, I've never seen her in anything else. Um, I've seen her like in pictures with other Hollywood people. She reminds me just in the way that she looks, like her ambiguity. She mm. reminds me a lot of Meghan Markle, where mm. she looks really black around white people and really white around black people. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's, <laughs> right? that's, that's wow. Yeah, I think so, that's yeah, the exactly. feeling wow. that I tried to like, mm-hmm. like, I think that's kind mm-hmm. of the feeling that a lot of us have, mm-hmm. have felt or at least that I've seen online mm-hmm. and like couldn't put words to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's you it. You know what's yeah. interesting? When I watch this show, I never, I mean, obviously I can notice that she was mm-hmm. light-skinned, but I never had one of those, oh, she just looks white kind of things. Mm-hmm. But when I just, while you were, were talking, I Googled mm-hmm. just her name and just her regular mm-hmm. pictures here. She does look like a white person. Yeah. But I wonder, if, <laughs> like, I wonder if, like, just how they shot it or the mm-hmm. makeup or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know. But she, nothing, like, it didn't cross my mind in the show when I watched the show. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. I guess, though, Ultimately, I guess my final thought, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Yeah, there is a lot of erasure of dark skin women, especially in Hollywood and especially just well, globally and everything. Mm-hmm. The idea most the idea most people have of a black woman is a light skinned, biracial looking, quote unquote, biracial looking, curly haired woman. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not us. Right. So I completely understand why people gatekeep, but I don't think it's helpful to try to fix that by trying to. to minimize the experiences of light-skinned people as black people. Mm. I think the way to solve that is to create more equity and to create more narratives of dark-skinned black women. For example, Insecure is back out. That's also really hard to watch here. And I've even though I'm like way behind everybody else, I really want to watch it. I have, I've watched Same. every other season, but I just haven't been able to find a good sh- <clears throat> legal stream for this season yet. Um, but when I do, we're going to talk about it, hopefully. Yeah. I do want to talk about it. Good. Okay. I still haven't watched season mm. three. Oh, my goodness. You I need really? To, I need to. Ah, I've okay. Been, I've been busy. I, yeah, we all have. Yeah, you have such a treat. I really like season three. Okay. But, uh, you know, to so, for example, on uh, Insecure, the main character is a dark-skinned woman. Right. Um, the, the main characters are mostly. There are light-skinned women as well. But, I mean, there's, there's a really wide variety of skin tones and there's a wide variety of black women. Mm-hmm. Also, again, this is Kenya's personal, very much Kenya's personal story. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I mean, his the women in his life are very light-skinned. Mm-hmm. I have seen commentary also to the effect of why is he telling the same story over and over again? Because if you look at it, he kind of is. Blackish, mixedish, black AF, grownish. Mm-hmm. It's all, uh, grownish is a little different. But the other three shows, it is kind of suburban black guy who came up from the hood, makes a lot of money. Mary is a very light-skinned wife who's down with the culture and has a bunch of kids that he's constantly trying to explain being black to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, why are we telling the same story over and over again? Mm. So it's not very creative. But he's done other stuff, obviously. It's just that his TV shows, he needs to find another lane. Word. Or resolve the story so that he can finally tell something different. You know, he really seems to be working this out within himself. Mm. I think I kind of agree with a lot of the internet comments that say that it's not for us. Mm. Like it's 
a story about black people telling black facts and black history for mm. white people. Yeah, I definitely agree with and that. And I, I feel like even if that wasn't his intention, like mm -hmm. that's if you look at all the shows black especially blackish mm -hmm. and compare it with this, like it's it's the same. Yeah. I did take issue with one thing and this is really petty, right? But there's that there's an episode that takes place on Juneteenth. Yeah. And like it starts with like Juneteenth is only a big the the oldest daughter says Juneteenth is only a big deal to my dad because he wants to be so black. And I'm like, yeah. hey, 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 I'm from Denver. We have literally the biggest Juneteenth celebration in the continental United well, in the United States, full stop. Not like they have a big Juneteenth in Hawaii or Alaska. But <laughs> yeah, in the United States. Um so Juneteenth was always a bigger deal for me than the the Fourth of July growing up. Mm -hmm. So uh excuse you. Don't tell don't act like your one weird experience of blackness is the same as everybody's so yeah. i actually took issue with that like i got really kind of unreasonably in my feelings when they said that i'm right. like everybody celebrates juneteenth where i'm from what right yeah, so right. but that's what i mean it's very much a personal story and if we're trying to take it as a whole as a commentary on all of blackness well fail because that's not really what it is yeah yeah well let us know what you all think of hashtag black yeah. AF. Do you guys think you'll watch the rest of it? I hope I'm not damning it with uh, no praise. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I did. The one part that I did like, epi I think the third episode was a Juneteenth episode, mm -hmm. maybe. The one part that I did like was the artist mm -hmm. who painted the, the picture. And I feel like he's the actual artist for that. Like, he explained mm -hmm. what that piece meant. And I can't remember word for word what he said. Mm -hmm. But basically, he said the picture represents blackness for all of us mm -hmm. we're all different shades we're all different you know walks of life mm -hmm. and things like that and I feel like out of the three episodes that I watched mm -hmm. out of that time period that those like two minutes that he explained that picture were the best part mm. for me mm. maybe and you know that episode had me asking a question because of that piece of art mm. actually I don't know if Kenya Barris is this culturally literate or if he's expecting his audience to be, but there's actually a play about that called Art, where this guy buys a painting that is just one big monochrome canvas mm -hmm. and his friends hate it. Well, one friend hates it. One friend is kind of trying to be magnanimous about it. And it causes all of these problems and they wind up the friendship. Lots of changes happen in the friendship because of it. And I, the, when I saw it, I thought, is this a callback to the play Art? It's a French play um, because in the play Art, the canvas is white. Mm. so i'm just wondering is was he tr was he that was it just an idea he came up with or is he really trying to intentionally make a reference to that because that's a very not black piece of art mm. <laughs> it's a very not black play so it'd be interesting if he was trying to pull that in but i don't know yeah i got nothing <laughs> i have seen enough to really yeah i got nothing Watching too much One Piece, that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just it's interesting because here we are on this podcast called Blurred Up. And the blurred experience is very much a natural, normal experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody black is a blurred these days. But people still are trying to kind of gatekeep that even. Like, sure. oh, if you're a blurred, mm -hmm. maybe you're trying really hard not to be black. And that's not the case. So I'm really sensitive to portrayals of blackness that other black people are immediately trying to invalidate. We are a really diverse group of people. That, I agree with that 100%. Mm -hmm. I, like, I hate seeing people put people into boxes mm -hmm. just because you know oh you like this thing or you don't like this thing or you listen to this thing you do this mm -hmm. you say this this way you're not this mm -hmm. or you're just doing this to you know mm -hmm. feed the man or whatever and it's just yeah. like who are you well let me just you know 
uh, a friend of mine always has this interesting way of phrasing it. She says that we all have a little internalized white supremacist because we grew up in America. It's part mm. of the culture, yeah. right? And self-stereotyping is a very subtly white supremacist thing to do mm-hmm. by trying to say that this is blackness and this is not. Mm-hmm. Like, who made you the grand high Negro in charge? I mean, really, come For on. For real. Right? So, you know. So sick of that. Speaking yeah. of, mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion did a interview and live uh, show with Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think this was the same week that we did our In Living Color show, so we didn't have a chance to comment on it. Mm-hmm. And Before I really, you get into ahead. it, do you know what, did you, you saw what she released this morning, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Keep going. The, uh, the remix with yes. Beyonce. Uh-huh. Yes, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. oh was, that was yeah. real? Yeah, it was real. Yeah, it was real. Oh, yeah, it's real. I thought there were memes. No, no, it's no, real. It's, oh, it's cool, too. It's completely real, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mm-hmm. like it. But yeah, she did this interview, and this guy, I don't know his name, but he was really cool, and they, he just asked her basic questions about, mm-hmm. you know, what Amy got you into things, mm-hmm. and... It was really sweet. I mean, Megan Thee Stallion's what, in her early 20s? I mean, she's like Mm -hmm. 23, 24. I mean, she's in college right Mm -hmm. right now. And I went to the the comments section. Yeah. That was a mistake. Uh, Never read the comments. Nah. And yeah, it was just all this. I mean, there were were a lot of people who supported her. I don't want to be like, it was just crazy. But, you know, there's always going to be folks who are, oh, you liked Inuyasha? Oh, blah, 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 blah. It's like, God, God, Lee, like... When I was 24, I mean, the amount of anime I watched at 24 is way different from me at 34. I mean, everyone is still growing. And everyone had a jump-off point, as you said. Everyone mm-hmm. had TV, and, yeah. she, and as she said, mm-hmm. when she was younger, it was just on Adult Swim, yeah. mm-hmm. and she just turned it on, and it was there. Yeah, right. It was interesting. Yeah. yeah, It's just a random mm-hmm. chance so to, to criticize someone because they just started watching that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so dumb. Just, yeah. just the gatekeeping is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah exactly. And she recommended mm-hmm. a lot of really cool stuff, stuff that I hadn't even seen before. Yeah. Not, yeah. not saying that I'm some anime pro whatsoever, but she's keeping track of a lot more new, newer things. Mm-hmm. And she was recommending a lot of cool stuff to fans. She's, she's a big um, My Hero Academia fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm mm-hmm. this, 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 this gatekeeping is ridiculous. It has to stop. And I think... In 2020. Yeah, exactly. Gotta cut it out. And I think it works both ways. Blurds love to do that whole... Some blurds do love to do the whole, oh, I'm so different. Mm-hmm. And gatekeep because Megan is a quote unquote ratchet rapper, right? So they don't think that she's blurdy enough. And mm-hmm. some people are like, oh my gosh, she's trying to distance herself. She's, it's respectability politics because she wants to like anime. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I think this, the, those two examples show how ridiculous it is. Although I do have issue with one thing. Brendan, Uh-oh. time out. Rewind. Did you say golly? I think I think I'm going to have to legislate your blackness, sir. You said golly. Did I? <laughs> Black card yes, revoked. I, I oh my goodness. remember me saying that, did I? That was anti-black AF. <laughs> he will occurs. I'm Good sorry. golly gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, fiddle six, so I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Wow, I was yeah. like, I was like, is she about to say something serious? I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, I was. So, 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 like, like, what hey. happened? What happened? <laughs> what I do? Okay, so moving away from Black AF, mm-hmm. another show that I want to recommend to everyone is The Clone Wars. Yes. Clone Wars season seven is coming to an end, and it has hit its final arc with the siege of Mandalore. And what's cool about this show is it's mixing the events of episode three into the show now. Mm. So. The last episode happened after Anakin killed Count Dooku. Oh, interesting. And they've shown Padme with the with the stomach bump now, so she's very pregnant now. 
and Ahsoka Tano, who is, again, up there with Obi-Wan as my favorite Star Wars character, is really kicking ass. There's mm-hmm. a, I wish I could show you, I'll show you guys after the shows are mm-hmm. with, I have it on here, but she literally goes from a gunship entering a planet and jumps from different gunships to the surface of the planet. Like, that's her entrance from space to the planet is her jumping from ship to ship. And it's and she's fighting folks along the way. It's so badass. And the last episode, she fought Darth Maul, mm-hmm. and Ray Park actually came in to do the motion capture for that fight, along with the lady who did the motion capture for Battle um, Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. And there's a really cool featurette I posted on the Facebook uh, group, and you can find it on YouTube. Just really, really great stuff. It's some of the best Star Wars, I think, that's been put out on TV or, or film. But there are 90,000 episodes. I'm going to need another quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to say anything, but I haven't seen any Star Wars movie or anything at all. To, to be fair, at this point, they don't have a very high batting average. That's true, actually. I mean, I don't even know where I would tell you where to start. Actually, a friend of mine back in the States has just watched the original trilogy for mm-hmm. the first time ever. Mm-hmm. This this. Quarantine. I hate referring it to as this quarantine, quarantine. Period, but, it, but it is. <laughs> right. And she's completely confused. She's like, why does everybody love this so much? I mean, like, she she gets the storytelling mm-hmm. and everything, but she's like, so we've done this 10,000 times since, so why is this still pop- still popular? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I wonder if the Clone Wars stand alone, if you could just watch it by itself. There's mm-hmm. a lot of weight that goes around it, knowing, mm-hmm. knowing where Anakin's going to go and yeah. who Obi-Wan is. Yeah who Yoda is and mm-hmm. who Mace is. Um, yeah, clearly. But I think the show is really amazing. Mm. And Rebels is great too. So, And I think overall, as far as the action goes and the jokes, the the character development is the best of everything. So I would just watch that, to be honest. I mean, the I think that the original trilogy is great too, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't know how that feels for Fresh Eyes. Exactly. So. I don't think it feels very good for Fresh Eyes. But I've, I think yeah. the show is will, will always be great. Yeah. I've tried to want to show it to people who haven't seen it before, and they're always looking at me like, this is your favorite? Why is this your favorite movie? Right. I thought you had taste, which is <laughs> not very nice. So, yeah. But, you know, but people do that, so I don't know. I mean, maybe it maybe it's something you've kind of got to see at a certain developmental point. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. saw it when I was, what, mm-hmm. 11? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was still fresh at the time. It was yeah, exactly. obviously like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, watch it with somebody who loves it because mm. that they can kind of... Maybe their their enthusiasm will be infectious, and they can maybe explain yeah. the the significance of this exactly. too. I think if you kind of mm-hmm. watch it as a movie of its time as well, mm-hmm. and not try to act like it's you know like don't compare it to Avengers Endgame. Yeah, and it was a complete reimagining of that whole of a st- structure that had been around cinematically for mm-hmm. years, right. turned into a space opera, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so moving on to Star Wars, I want to talk about a couple of anniversaries Mm -hmm. the movie friday with ice cube and chris tucker turned Mm -hmm. 25 this past sunday april 26th rest in peace john witherspoon yeah for sure and this coming sunday may 3rd we celebrate the black excellence that is cosmogrammer by flying lotus Mm -hmm. um flying lotus to me is probably the last producer that i felt that really pushed music further um, than anyone else there's kind of before this album and after this album as far as like on, on far as sonics go 
I go back and forth about my favorite album of his, but I think this is his most important album. I think every album from Los Angeles to Your Dead has such a unique feel that it really depends on my mood about which one I prefer. But for those who don't know, this album really is like a... It really felt like he was shooting for the stars. It's literally in the name. It, It's kind of like a galactic. It's almost like galaxies merging and exploding. It's such, there's just so much going on in this record. He said himself he was taking psychedelics during this album, and it really shows. You haven't heard this album, right, Arkita? No. Have, have you heard it? Yeah. Uh-huh. I actually saw him when he was here. At this, I'm looking it up right now. Sorry, I actually saw him when he was here. I'm looking it up right now when he was at the Soul Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple years ago, and it was really a show. Yeah. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 incredible talent, incredible talent. I I really recommend you you check it out. I don't know if you're are you an electronic music fan or mm, depends on the the tone. Depends on the energy. Yeah. Um, his earlier work is a little more groovy. There's, there's some like hip hop influence in it. It's, it's groovier, but this album was really just everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. My friend, um, he's a Nigerian uh, designer, but he said this is like a Fly, Fly Low's dissertation on electronic music. Mm-hmm. This album, mm-hmm. it just, it just hit just every genre. Mm-hmm. He said, or every subgenre of electronic. Music. Yeah, it was 2016 when he was here in Seoul. Okay. Yeah, and honestly, when you said it was 10 years old in the group chat, I thought to myself, "Is that is it really that old?" It still feels really fresh in a lot of ways. Yeah. Nobody's doing anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't have like the flow like Los Angeles. Every track kind of flows into each other mm-hmm. uh, until the choir comes is also similar in that way. But yeah, this really feels like a, like a glass a galactic masterpiece mm-hmm. like i don't like picking out singles for things like this but if you haven't heard any of this record uh check out zodiac shit it's on youtube uh, he partnered with adult swim mm-hmm. there's some kind of visuals for it that's really cool but yeah yeah i just remember so i took i went to the jazz festival with a bunch of friends not a bunch of friends a few friends from bssk and to get them to go see flying lotus i may have highly misrepresented the kind of music that he did because I wasn't going to go by myself and I was getting tired of following them to like kind of the pseudo hip hop stuff. Mm-hmm. So I sort of highly misrepresented what kind of music it was and they just stood there looking like they'd been hit in the head the whole time like what is this? <laughs> Why did you bring us here? This is not twerk music. <laughs> it was just very like yeah. He, did, he didn't play um, Parisian goldfish? He did like three seconds of it but he just he's like a big dude and he was just kind of slumping back and forth across the stage and then he'd like go behind the booth and like hit a button and the whole and he had like this crazy visual display thing it was really it was a really a show but it was a very immersive experience Mm -hmm. it was not like a dance and groove experience it was like just stand there and stare at this giant sloth of a man going back and forth and he would it was just really interesting yeah really really interesting but they weren't happy with me at all yeah i was i was well i wish i would have known you i would have been happier i I was forbidden to to pick anything else that we saw that that, that rest of that day (laughs) (laughs) do you have any uh do you have a favorite philo album no not really they're all kind of they're 
like you said, they're all really different. They're yeah. not, he kind of does, he's very much a person, we were talking about personal evolution mm-hmm. before the show, and he's very much a person who evolves a lot in between each album. It kind of reminds me of the old school days when, you know, people put out an album every year, every six months now, but people used to put out an album every two, three years, every five years, every 10 years. And it's kind of like that where, you know, there's such a big difference in who he is and what he's trying to express in exactly. each album that I don't think I could pick one favorite. It's almost like they're from all different people. And I think even evolution may be the wrong term to use because mm. they're just different flavors of who he is. Maybe, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Los Angeles is groovier, so like mm. that's a different flavor from Cosmic Grammar. Mm. doesn't have a, a, a Roberta Flack-like track or Parisian yeah. Goldfish, yeah. but of course Cosmo doesn't have, you know, um, Never Catch Me Like Your Dead Has and like, mm. like a more mm-hmm. inspirational track. So yeah, yeah there's there's just so, so many flavors from him. Mm. I, he's one of my favorites of all yeah. time, so... But he's also one of the few artists where I'll put on an album and just listen to the album. I don't know the names of a lot of individual tracks because mm-hmm. the album is the experience. Mm-hmm. You don't really just listen to a Flying Lotus track. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you, you all haven't heard it. Listen. It, would, it would be a treat. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you I'll haven't checked out Flying Lotus, especially this album, check mm-hmm. it out for sure. Okay. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up before we head out? Nope. No, no, Kenny Barris, go to therapy. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Like off screen. (laughs) Okay, again, this is Blurred Up. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. And we are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D. You catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, give us a like, review if you so dare. Um... Marquita, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at K-E-E-T-A-N-I. That spells Kitani. I swear I'm trying to post more pictures. I need to eat more food and take more food pictures. Well, we've it's been hard times. We've all been in the house. Yeah. So Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Miss Mel, where can they find you? Um, yeah, you can find me at Equal Opportunity Reader, which is on all the main platforms now, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok, although I haven't made any TikToks because what am I going to do, make a TikTok of turning pages? It's boring. So no. Yeah, maybe. Uh, knowing you, you can make it cool. Who knows? I mean, there's, there's definitely a niche for everything on TikTok. I've just got it yesterday. I had never been on the app. I downloaded it yesterday and opened up an account and was just scrolling transfixed for hours. There are whole TikToks of people just like picking out stitches from really? garments and making really unappetizing looking food and there's a whole, like, there's all these different challenges. So there's a whole, I literally spent an hour just looking at people make funny facial expressions to some Filipino song. Like, that's the challenge. They just, there's like four facial expressions and then everybody does it for 20 seconds. And okay. I just, yeah, you might not actually see me ever again because I'll just be like scrolling TikTok <laughs> for days. Like, what are people doing? We hope not. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, we're also on Blur.com, our sponsors. Check them out again. They have a really cool cyberpunk collection uh clothes go check them out next month we have a couple of anniversaries to celebrate and i'm actually going to try my best to actually put out an article uh about that and i'll give you all some more details about that in the near future until then we're gonna let you guys uh we're gonna vibe out on some fly low okay we'll see you guys later and uh bye-bye peace not one piece though, just peace. <laughs> Were you waiting for that? Uh, yes, that I totally was. was. I totally was. Yes, exactly. I was just saving that one up. Boo. <laughs> Bye y'all. Bye y'all. <laughs> <laughs>